Jason Cook from the Baylor campus, Jason Baylor's vice president for marketing and communications and chief marketing officer. And Jason, you hear uh, Steely Dan on the uh, rejoin, rejoin music as we bring you back. Knowing you were going to be on, I was trying to think what would he like, what would fit. I thought that fit pretty well. If, if you had your say, uh, what kind of rejoin bump music would you have chosen for yourself? Stand by. <laughs> <laughs> Stand by. We'll get it up here in just Steve a second. Dan is definitely in that genre. Say again. I'm sorry. We we are uh, say it again. I said uh, I'm a big fan of yacht rock. So uh, there you go. Steely Dan is part of that genre. There you go. All right. So uh, my choice for you was okay. Then kind of in the ballpark. Indeed. <laughs> Very good. Well, thanks for being with us. I know you're busy. It's a busy week on campus, isn't it, uh, with uh, move-in underway and a lot of activities on the campus? You know, quite exciting, John. Uh, today, the weather is just absolutely beautiful, picture-perfect. And so uh, move-in is extended a little bit this year just with COVID-19, and we're trying to de-densify uh, the campus, as you know. So we actually had a self-move-in for some students starting on Saturday and Sunday and then yesterday. And then today and tomorrow is when you're going to have a traditional move-in where you have people driving up in cars, swarms of people in, in T-shirts uh, coming and unloading cars and just really extending a, a Baylor welcome and showing that, uh, that Baylor Bear hospitality to our new students coming in. Yeah, it's always fun to see and how our staff and, and uh, you know, staff and employees all respond and, and volunteer and they're there, but I'm guessing that looks a little different this year, doesn't it? Yeah, it is. And, and this year, uh, we've had spaced out the arrival uh, of people. We've extended move-in. It's an entire week now. And uh, so we're trying to give people some space. Uh, obviously, you'll see people in masks, which is a little bit uh, a little bit different. Um, but probably one of the biggest changes uh, that you have, in addition to just de-densifying move-in, is that uh, we are requiring uh, COVID-19 tests for mm -hmm. all of our students uh, coming in to, on campus this fall. Um, so obviously, uh, just a lot of extra precautions that we're taking uh, because it's really important that we start the semester off right and then our ultimate goal is to uh, to make it to the Thanksgiving holiday. Yeah, that's a that's a major undertaking, isn't it? To to send tests out to every student that's coming on campus, every person, faculty, and staff on campus. That's a major project. <laughs> You know, 18,000 tests okay. uh, mailed, uh, mailed to homes, and uh, uh, it's quite significant. You're, you're right. Uh, you need a, a Ph.D. in logistics to make this thing work. But, uh, but what we wanted to do is to really get a good baseline of uh, where we think um, uh, the prevalence of COVID is, not only uh, among students, but also faculty and staff as well. And uh, we'll do some surveillance testing um, throughout the, uh, the fall semester. And, uh, and data is uh, incredibly important so we can monitor the baseline, but then also if there's any spread on our campus as well. You know, obviously with mailing out about 18,000 test kits to students, faculty, and staff, you're going to miss some addresses. Uh, some people uh, were in transit uh, coming from vacation uh, to the Baylor campus. We're working through those now, um, but uh, we've been really impressed with the, uh, with the results so far, and I uh, think it's going to set us off for a really good start to the semester. What can you share with us about the results that you've gotten so far from those tests? 
Yeah, really good question. Um, we're we're running a little bit less than one percent um, positive, and you know it's a, a much different story than than we thought we would see, and uh, also that. Uh, rate of prevalence is much lower than you're seeing uh, within the Waco community, but then also communities across the country as well. So I think the, uh, the and also, John, that number is really in line with a lot of other colleges and universities that have done the baseline testing uh, coming in. Uh, but the key is is uh, we've got to make sure that, that the entire campus, particularly our students, wear face coverings, they practice social distancing, they don't gather in large large groups or gatherings, and then all, uh, most important, they stay at home if they're sick. Uh, so we all have a part in doing this, and we have a big campaign right now on our campus called Family First to make sure that we're looking out for each other, not just ourselves. When you see what happened with North Carolina bringing students on board and then immediately having to shut it down because of pockets of COVID, is there any concern that that might happen here? Or is there a plan in place uh, if we do start seeing something like that? Well, hopefully it's a it's an eye opener for our students, and uh, they can see that uh, hey, this is this is something serious here. And you know, I, I think a lot of messaging got out there early on in the spring that hey, COVID doesn't affect younger people. Um, but you know, that's kind of a selfish way to to look at the situation because we have faculty who are who are older and in at risk groups. We have staff that help our students out. Um, so this really is a community wide effort that we have to, to work through. And so we have uh, the precautionary measures that we're taking in terms of uh, you know, personal social distancing, face coverings. We've done a lot of things from a physical standpoint our, on our campus to help. But ultimately, um, it goes down to making behavioral uh, changes. So we have a, a really huge public health initiative, a, a campaign out to make sure that we, uh, that students know the symptoms, they know what to do, what to do and they also know the consequences of their behaviors. Jason Cook, our guest from the Baylor campus, Vice President for Marketing and Communications, Chief Marketing Officer, and uh, campus, uh, the the face of campus looks a little different, doesn't it, with all those tents that have popped up? Well, I, I will tell you what, it is uh, it is quite different. And, of course, we've had some alums complain that now we're going to kill all the grass with the tents. <laughs> but uh, we can get grass to grow again. Uh, but we've got about 16 uh uh, temporary structures across campus, and John, we, we refer to them as tents, but these things are, are really high-class tents. Well, They're that's probably true, true. That you would see at a sporting event or a, a PGA golf tournament, something of that nature. Uh, they have uh, sides, they have floors, they have uh, air conditioning that will turn into heat in the, as we move into the fall. They have Wi-Fi in them, electricity. And so uh, we've got 16 all across campus. And what that's going to allow us to do is to give us some more square footage for dining, uh, some more square footage for uh, student meetings and groups, uh, and then also some study spaces as well. Um, and so I, I, it's a it's a huge undertaking. It's got to change the, the appearance of campus, but it's just one of those things we have to do um, given the pandemic that we're in right now. Yeah, you're exactly right. That's not fair of me to, to refer to them as tents. Those are much more. Those are much now, I, more than I've tents. Never, I've never been camping with Wi-Fi before. Uh, no, so I don't think so. These are uh, pretty sharp. Have y'all had to put any plans into place right now for COVID that you think might stay around for the long term? Yeah, that's a really, really good question. I, I think that uh, 
you know, a lot of things that what you're seeing are, are more behavioral changes long term. I'll give you an example. Like our, our president's council, Dr. Livingstone's president's council, we used to meet around a round table in a, a pretty small conference room. And uh, over the past five months or so, we've uh, we've used technology, used Microsoft Teams to meet and gather. And what we're hearing from, uh, from a lot of people that you're not going to have as many in-person meetings as you have as you had in the past because we've all gotten used to technology. It's a rich experience um, uh, with uh, chats and questions and answers. And and for my purposes, it saves me a lot of time every day crossing underneath I-35 mm-hmm. back and forth from campus to, to Robinson Tower. So I think you're going to see some changes in terms of how people gather, um, how people meet, um, also some personal things, just uh, I think use of hand sanitizer and the amount of things that you touch on a daily basis, you're going to see some behavioral changes like that, too. Yeah, I can see all that happening. Jason, as it relates to athletics, uh, and football is back practicing, volleyball and soccer are practicing, but, you know, their situation for the fall is still uh, yet to be determined. But uh, with the general student population coming back and more people on campus, a lot of folks are are thinking, you know, athletics and football was kind of in their own bubble. Now that bubble is, is has expanded with the general student population coming back. How do you think, you know, as we reach this point here in uh, mid-August, how, uh, how might it affect athletics? You know, a, a really good question, John, and I, I'll tell you, it's like what a great incentive to have out there for students that, hey, if you do the right things on our campus, that is going to, to really allow us to have a, a football season. And I think that that's approach that a, a lot of colleges and universities are taking right now. You may have seen, you know, University of Alabama, some pictures over the weekend, right. and then you have uh, the athletic director and Nick Saban uh, jump in and say, look, we've all got to exhibit the right behavior so we can have football this fall. And I think that that's such a, a huge part of our campus environment, our history at Baylor. You know, football is a way to, to bring people together, not only just students, faculty, and staff, but our alums as well. So we're really doing everything that we can to have that campus experience this fall. And, you know, and frankly, we've learned a lot um, from what athletics has done in terms of onboarding uh, uh, the student athletes uh, a couple of, a month or so ago. And uh, we've had a great relationship. Kenny Boyd, uh, senior associate AD over health and wellness, has just been so integrated as part of our campus teams uh, from a health and safety standpoint. So, uh, so we know that uh, you know, our, our students, our student athletes, they are part of the, the greater Baylor family, and we need to do everything that we can to, one, work together, but then also to take care of each other, too. How do you keep, like, how do you keep fraternities from doing their normal activities and gatherings and, and that not carrying over and reflecting to football or other sports not being able to play from a spread of COVID? Yeah, that's probably the number one question that you have that we have in terms of off-campus activities and behaviors. And there's a couple of approaches to this. You know, first and foremost, uh, you know, I mentioned earlier our Family First campaign. We've really got to take the conversation a little bit bigger. It's not about us or our student organization. It's about 
the entire Baylor campus. It's about the entire Waco community as well. So we've got a lot of educational proactive measures um, related to that uh, for sure. But I think the second thing is, is uh, you know, the governor or the, the mayor, local government has a has a um, executive order out there of no gatherings over 10 people. Uh, that's what our community is following. And uh, we're looking for ways that how we not only communicate that, but then enforce that as well. So we could do everything uh, by the book here on our campus. But we know that students still live off campus. We know that they are, are social beings. And so we're partnering with our student uh, government, student leaders to help really uh, get that message out and a lot of self-policing efforts as well. So does the camp, will the campus police be, you know, in charge of monitoring that and, and making sure that doesn't happen, like the gatherings over 10? Or who does that fall on to hold that responsibility? Well, I think uh, I mentioned a lot of self-policing. Uh, you know, the biggest, uh, the, the biggest uh, enforcement is peer pressure uh, at the end of the day. And, uh, of course, uh, you know, our uh, Baylor police and we'll work with Waco police because, uh, you know, the area around our campus is, is blended uh, as well. Uh, you know, from a, from that perspective. But I think that the key thing is any educational effort is more effective if you can approach it on the front end before having to go through the actual enforcement measures. Jason, final thought, isn't it heartening to see how, how well uh, athletics and campus and, uh, and the city and the county and everybody is working together, you know, with a common goal. Uh, I, that's really great to see everybody pulling in the same direction. Yeah, we've had some great leadership with our city officials, uh, with uh, Mayor Deaver and in the county uh, perspective, working together. And that's just really filtered on down uh, here uh, with Baylor. And, and I think that uh, you know, President Livingstone set such a good tone in a, in a spirit of collaboration. And, uh, and, and Mac is such a team player because he gets the bigger university picture. It's not just what's happening across University Parks Drive. It really is a partnership of how we work together. And frankly, that's the only way that we'll be able to have a successful start uh, to the fall semester and a completion of the fall semester in Thanksgiving is if we're all working together as part of a team. And that's really why we're really leaning into this family type of mindset uh, in this family approach because families come together in times of crises. That's where we're in. Uh, and this is time really for the Baylor family to shine. Yeah, that's great. Great information. Uh, this is the final question. You mentioned Thanksgiving a couple right. of times, and uh, that's the goal, isn't it, to, to go through the semester and then get to Thanksgiving, not have a fall break, and really depart from campus there for the rest of the, uh, the, rest of the semester. Uh you're right. Our in-person uh, class instruction ends uh, the day before Thanksgiving. Okay, okay. And then uh, students will have a couple of days of, uh, of online uh, instruction, kind of a wrap-up after Thanksgiving, and then final exams will all be online as well. So Thanksgiving is the marker, the date that we have circled, and all of our efforts are to do everything that we can to get us to that point. Yeah, terrific information, Jason. Thank you very much, and uh, always great to visit with you. Stay safe. Thanks, John. I appreciate it. All right. We'll talk to you soon. See you soon. Thank you. Jason Cook, uh, Baylor's Vice President for Marketing and Communications, Chief Marketing Officer.